Welcome to the fourth quarter NBA podcast. My name is Michael and sitting next to me as usual is my good friend and co-host Brian. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good today. I've just, I've dumped the old, uh, I've dumped the old intro. Screw it. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares what date it is anymore? I, 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 I know I don't. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, we, th- this episode is, uh, we're coming into the last episode now before the season starts. It, is, it basically starts tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? I like, thought it was two days. Oh, yeah, okay. two, in one or two days. Yeah. By the time yeah, you listen yeah. to it, you know, we probably already have started. So we have three more teams left to count down. Last week, we talked a little bit about the Clippers and some other teams. Just this week, we got three more teams to go. The big question on everybody's minds is, which one of these three teams is going to be number one? And how are, they going to, how are the rest of them going to fall in behind that number one team? But first, I mean, any news this week at all? Not really that much. Uh, not in the whole, like, not nothing major that I can think of. I mean, most of it's just, you know, a lot last competing roster spots, filling out that 15th man. Yeah. But apart from that, other, um, you know, otherwise not really that big news. Like, don't, you know, everything's basically gone gone according to schedule, I, I guess. Th- I think you get to this lull a few days, a few a week before the NBA season is meant to start. You get a lull because, you know, people are really looking forward to the season actually starting. And then that's when the storylines will actually, you know, yeah, be in place. I, I, I but think- the, 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 the interesting thing is the only news that's currently kind of making the rounds is that is people making the final roster slots. So it's not exactly going to make headlines either, right? You don't no. really care, you know, if you're not a, a diehard fan. We don't really care yeah. for that kind of the, audience. The, anyway. These guys aren't exactly your... In, in, in you know household names, even hardcore basketball fans aren't going aren't to be like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, although I do have a funny um, quip today. Uh, you know, Yi, you know, Yi Jianlian, because yeah. he got waived today. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of this Chinese guy in my office came over and and was like, "Hey, did you hear Yi got waived?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> actually, funny enough, just because I'm a Lakers fan, uh, that would be the only reason why I know. Otherwise, you wouldn't know." Hey, do you know the thing about the chairs? And then the minute I mentioned the chairs, this, my, my my mate Dave started cracking up <laughs> behind me just just randomly. <laughs> so I had I to like explain that. to him the chair story. I li- I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh... Although uh, apparently he did make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Just doing summer camp. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. The NBA pays well. That's yeah, it's pretty pretty good amount of money for a very short period of time. He didn't really do much either, to be honest. No, he didn't get that much playing time. Um, yeah, I just don't think he quite fits into the NBA as it is now. Yeah, I mean, and I think what we'll see is that the teams that we're going to talk about, the last three teams that are going to be on our top thirty teams, kind of these are the meta defining teams. So. Let's, shall we start? Yep. Okay, so the third best team. All right, so this team was very good uh, last year, uh, but they had a, one, of, one of their most stalwart players uh, retire at the end of last year. So, I mean, th- this really could be <laughs> only one team, right? Well, it's definitely not the Lakers. No. <laughs> what the hell am I... What the hell did you just find? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look up a roster and I came up with the Dallas Chaparrals. <laughs> that's fantastic. That is so weird. You know, that's the Wikipedia page directs di- directly to that. I search San Antonio I Spurs, I press Wikipedia, and then this comes up. Oh, that's that is that is bizarre. Oh, that's fantastic. Maybe like the San Antonio Spurs are that team that um, you know, a kind of a niche team. 
so for NBA fans. Like one of those teams that uh, you ask a regular person on the street, like what are the top three? Like you ask a regular person on the street what the top three NBA teams are, and what do you think the answers will be? Like the Celtics. Um, the you mean like all time? No, I mean or like just like in general. Right as in now. just in general, right now. Uh, you know, they'll say Cavs, they'll say Warriors, and then they'll say like something like completely random, like the Bulls or like the Celtics. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll say, say something I don't really know, random. Maybe, maybe the Nuggets. I don't know. But not, I don't know. Someone will probably Nuggets. say the Clippers. I'd say. Yeah. So yeah, so this the third team is the San Antonio Spurs, and this is a team that perhaps uh, more so than Cleveland. And more so than the Warriors, which are the last two teams remaining, obviously. There's no really surprise as to that. <laughs> they haven't really improved over the last and over the offseason. They've kind of gone backwards just slightly. And the only improvement that you can hope that they achieve is either players that are developing into the system like Lamarcus Aldridge improves, or players that are becoming bona fide, you know, all time superstars like Kawhi Leonard takes another step forward. And also, another third category, I hope um, if you would agree with this or not, Brian, is that players perhaps that didn't get as good of a chance to showcase the, what is remaining of their talent in other teams, like Pau Gasol coming from the Bulls, perhaps he fits into the system and actually does a good job in you know, doing what he's meant to do within the system and maybe he shows some sign of improvement within the team aspect as well. That's what you'd hope. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty fair assessment of the team. Um, it, this is a roster which is, I think, fundamentally quite different from last year's in yeah. terms of what, um, what their bench what their bench looks like and how well it's mainly the bigs that have changed. Like, this has become a bit more of an offensively minded offense, hasn't it? Shit, um, offensively minded team. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Wait. So, well, we'll look at the guards first because they haven't really changed that much. Sure. Okay. Um. So with their guards, I mean, right now you got Tony Parker's on his last legs, but he's probably going to be starting, and you got a good backup in Patty Mills. What do you think about Patty Mills as a backup? I think Patty Mills is solid. He's a solid guard. You don't want him playing more than like he. Or well, he can get hot every so often. He plays hard on defense. He's He's small, which is a flaw, but otherwise, yeah, he's a sol- he's a solid guard, good backup. You know, definitely th- don't see him starting on this team. No, definitely not. I mean, un- un- unless Tony Parker gets injured, another person who obviously is still going to be quite good is Manu, who's probably on his last season as well. Yeah, um, you know, just yeah, you saw Ma- Manu's limitations last year, and you, it's going to be the same thing this year. He's main he's mainly going to be coming off the bench to basically keep the offense rolling yeah because it, it, he's the guy if when the second unit's on the floor he knows he knows that system really well and he can be a general out there yeah the thing with manu that i quite like is that you know this team is very smart in limiting minutes and managing players minutes so you know he'll get played at the right times unless you know you know popovich's hand is forced by things like injuries so you'll yeah. see him being effective on this team. And I, that's mainly, I think so. I, that's mainly an aspect of the system rather than, rather than you know, the individual merits of the players. So that's what I hope to see in some players that are coming in. Yeah. What you'd hope... I think the, the thing that you'd hope to achieve with, a, with the Spurs is always one of these new players that are coming in has a breakout because they are within the Spurs. Yeah. So you get some of these kind of Spurs-like 
players coming in and maybe having a really good season. So there's a lot of there's a few names on here that are relatively unknown. Well, Guys like Bryn Forbes or uh, Nicola Laprovitola or uh, you know Dewante Murray. So, guys like this, you might not hear about at the start of the season, but halfway through the season, you might actually start hearing about them a little bit more. I'm projecting that Murray will have a vi- not a fantastic year. He's a Spurs rookie that they picked. Right. Um, yeah, I don't predict he's going to have a very good year, but I think it's going to, his career arc, what they're hoping for is something very similar to what Kawhi Leonard went through. Because he's. I don't know. He hasn't looked that great in any of the instances that we've seen him in the NBA. You reckon that he's probably going to be a development player for them and it's just, you know, they'll they'll keep him on that rookie scale contract. They'll play him in the D-League and see where where it goes. Oh, I don't know about D-League. You think I I I reckon so because it looks like their um looks like their backcourt's pretty full right now. Yeah, yeah, but it's how do I put it? I still think the team environment is better than the D-League in this situation. Basically, I think, especially for a young guy, being on the fringe of the team is better than just playing in the D-League because I think there's a lot more to player development than just getting playtime, especially for the young, like for players like him who uh, need to develop certain skills. Yeah, you've got to say that you know traveling with the team has its advantages as well to learning things about yeah. how the NBA operates, yeah. which is important to know as well. And I, I honestly, like, the, the the brightest scenario is the fact that they, he turns, you know, he ends up taking a similar career arc to what Kawhi is currently doing. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just hope. That we, that's just what all they can hope for for the best. Shall we talk a little bit about Danny Green now, moving a little bit more into the, the kind of swingmen in this team? Uh, he had a pretty off year last year. He did I think have down a bad on, year last he's, year. Looks like he's down on every single measurable. Uh, what does he do this year that's different from last year? And what you know will the addition of players like Gasol and Lee help him or detract from him? He just needs to be able to make those open shots again. Like that's all they that he needs. Uh, everything else about his game is still the same. He's a great, def- he's a great perimeter defender. You know, he doesn't really handle the like do a lot of off ball handling. But the biggest thing is he just needs to be able to make the open shots because that was that was one thing that was very surprising last year to see is just the fact that he couldn't shoot anymore. When you look at a problem like this, you either see say whether or not he's getting his shots on the floor, and maybe that is why he's not doing as well, or if he's just personally not doing very well. And when I look at the roster from last year and also this year, you can pretty much say that Danny Green just had a personally bad year, right? Because there's no one else on this team that fits, that is going to take that same shot, really. Yeah. I, he Those just... three-pointers in the corner and, you know, the, on offense, the, his shots, the shots that he gets, they're his shots, yeah, he team. just he just had a bad year last year. That that's mm. like, I mean, the team played very well. He still got the shots that he would usually get. I think he just yeah he just didn't make them, and that's a little concerning. But uh, I think it would should be fine this year, right? You know, th- these things happen. So you you have you have your off years. I think with players, yeah. But the to have an entire season of basically not being kind of there is concerning. 
And yeah. I think it would be foolish to say that, look, it, don't worry about it. I think you should. This this is one of the main corn, um, main causes of concern for the Spurs this season is whether or not Danny Green is up to the challenge. Well, I think he still brings far more to the table than just shooting. Like the fact that he's such a great perimeter defender right. means that... And you're going to need that more and more this season as well, right? Because, yeah. you know, lack of... Lack of defense in the front court this, yeah, this like, season is going to be a problem. Because he's such a fantastic perimeter defender, it doesn't re- I, like that's much more valuable than in, in th- right now than in honesty than in shooting. And his shooting, but to put it this way, his shooting is a good bonus, but you'll take him as he is. Right. So I, that's not a major point of concern for the Spurs. It's like, again, it's a very big positive. It's a big bonus if he does get a shooting back, but that's not where the team is currently worried, I think. I yeah. just saw. I just searched Lamarcus Aldridge up on Google, just so we can start talking about some of the forwards as well. And um, there are a couple of posts in here from the from looks like from the Nuggets kind of camp that they they might be interested in, like or like from every camp actually that Lamarcus Aldridge might be on the trading block. What do you think about that? I don't see that happening. I just yeah, I, I think that's a bit weird, don't you think? I because here the first thing is it's not like the ex- it's not like he hasn't been successful on the Spurs. I think he's been very successful on the Spurs. I I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think the Spurs are happy where he's at. And I think and how he's playing. So I don't see what the Spurs have to benefit out of trading Marcus. There's yeah, I I think he fills in a really interesting role in the post Duncan era, where he can start doing a little bit of what Duncan has, you know, took away. Yeah, the big thing is he has to become a better floor leader because that was one of Tungan's biggest strengths. Was even if he's not, you know, pulling out the statistics, and he, his, you know, his per thirty six numbers are always fantastic. Yeah, he always was a good floor leader, good team leader, and always, you know, helped the team function well and the right way. And as even then, there's also just the communication on defense, which Duncan was very good at in terms of just saying. Because, you know, a lot of defense is talking. You have to be able to communicate what exactly is happening, and he was a big part of that. So once since he's gone, they need to figure out how to replace the more intangible parts of what Duncan does rather than just straight up replacing Duncan's statistics in terms of points and rebounds and all that stuff. Yeah. Because that's not, that's not what import, what's important. It's about, you know, how the team functions. Yeah, you can't just take it from a statistics perspective and say, look, you know, these stats fill in the stats that are missed because he can easily achieve that. But whether or not the team is functional as a result of achieving those stats is completely yeah, is and completely I, up to, up, I, up to th- I think he's up to it. I think him... I think Greg Poffridge still has a good handle on things. I think LaMarcus and um, Kawhi, even though they're not, you know, that, shall we say, like, talkative, just, you know, they, 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 they're generally rather quiet. But... <laughs> That, uh, Kawhi's been in the organization long enough and he's reached that like that star level and that he understands how the Spurs functions, function. And I think LaMarcus is beginning to get that too. Because we got to see last year in the playoffs and during the regular season, you know, when they... When the offense has to go through him, the offense can go through him. When it, when it doesn't have to go through him and they're trying to get everyone else involved, he's also perfectly comfortable doing that too. 
He's a pretty underrated defender as well. I would say. I think he's pretty good there. He he is underrated. I I don't. I've always I always don't want to say someone's underrated because it reaches a point you know where they come overrated and everyone's oh this guy's so underrated. He's way he's so good. No one appreciates. Yeah, him. But and I mean, we're, we're not we're, we're not two genre defining guys. You know, yeah. we're just two guys sitting in a room. So you but, can fully say that this guy is to us is currently underrated. Yeah, I think I think most people most people say he's a bad defender, and I think I really disagree with that. He's a good rim protector. He shifts like he's pretty good at shifting on the perimeter too right so it's it's literally just this weird image he's held when he was back in portland that is just oh you know lamarck is not a good defender and he's just stuck with him for some reason i think for in terms of portland it was like the guards fault in portland man like it's always it's a team team it was a team problem in portland it's going to take a while for him to shake this kind of thing but i was yeah it's it's different because you know the spurs have the s the spurs have the uh, the Spurs fans, they have the kind of uh, expectation of their forward, their, their power forward center to be like an amazing defender because they've, they've, they've had it for, for, for over 15 years. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also like, I feel like Spurs fans are some of the most, uh, most Spurs fans are a lot more logical than other teams' fans. I don't know. I think that's the people that come out on the forums and stuff. Maybe. But you've got to think that this team still has the, the mass contingent of fans that they would in any large NBA city. That's but, you know, true. Not even really a point to argue, to be honest. I'm just saying that, um, yeah, whether or not LaMarcus Aldridge shakes off the uh, perception of him being a bad defender, I think that's just a matter of time rather yeah. than actually a matter of he needs to change something, what he's doing on the uh, no, court. Yeah, I think he's been perfectly fine. Like, LaMarcus isn't really something I think the team needs to be concerned about. But maybe, sorry to interrupt you yeah, again, Brian, yeah. but maybe... He does need to improve a little bit because Gasol might not be that good a defender at this stage in his career. And they're going to be sharing a lot of time together on the floor. Gas- and he's going to be sharing a lot of time with David Lee as well. Gasol's not a good defender in terms of he's just not... He can't chase guards. And while that's true, he's still a very good rim protector but just because he's huge. But... Yeah, yeah it's getting... Like in this situation, it turns on to like these, like um, with David Lee, with Pargasol, these players are known quantities, and what you have, it turns into the coat. Like it's like okay, well, these are, this is what these players are good at, and this is what they're bad at. How do we use with their strengths and weaknesses, and try to minimize weaknesses, and you know maximize their strengths? And this turns into a this turns into a coach's problem. Like this will be interesting to see what Greg Popovich plans for this year, because you know Tim Duncan's gone. And the replacement parts from uh, for this year are not quite the same caliber in terms on defense as last year. So since you know defense is a team thing, they're really going to have to try and figure that to figure out what exactly. Well, yeah, Greg Popovich has a big task ahead of him. People have this idea that um, Popovich is this like incredible coach that is a adaptable to the situation but i think this year is going to be especially interesting to watch what he does with this team because it's really going to show it's going to be a trial for him as you say it would be very interesting to see if he you know actually can't adjust because the changes the team are that drastic it would be very interesting to see that i'd say it take it'll take him about one or two years to adjust to be honest because he's kind of always been like that in terms of He'll see what makes a team another team good, and he can see what direction the league is going and how the league plays. But he doesn't; he's not able to make that change like instantly, like a lot of people think he does. Yeah, like you can kind of see the changes being put into motion, you know, over time. And um, like 
the transition from the ISO very ISO heavy team to one of the great like fastest playing um to one of the fastest playing teams to one of the to one of the best shooting teams in the league that that was a steady thing you know it wasn't just an right. instant overnight it took time yeah yeah uh, you know like this player is just suddenly does this and then that that's what happens but yeah i, I don't i don't i don't i i th- this team will still be good like maybe they drop to the fourth seed like for like yeah about the fourth seedish but they'll still be good i think the playoffs where is when things will really like well when big when the big questions come into focus of how the team like how good is this team actually and that's when he really has to you know step it up but i think during the regular season it's just going to be a, okay let's just figure things out and see how things go right because you know like what else what what else can you expect so shall we um should we move to the warriors or do you want to give a last word on kind of where they're at um, Sorry, not the Warriors. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I tricked you there. See, I tricked you. <laughs> I tricked you guys. That, I'm really interested in what you're looking at right now. But well, uh, we'll t- I think we'll talk about this later on because, yeah. like, in a later episode, I, I think I think the Spurs will not be quite as. I, I think a lot of people also feel this, but they're not quite as good as last year. But th- th- it's a kind of wait and see thing because. I think this Spurs team could be better than last year's if they put together if they put it together very well. Right. Because just like um Paul Gasol is still a very good player, even though he is a terrible defender now. And I don't think people give enough credit for the fact that for just how good he is. And it's gonna be an interesting situation to see how he fits into this team. Because I think him and Lamarcus actually take up quite similar space on the floor, but we'll, yeah, we'll just have to see. We'll just like, you know, you you got good smart players on this team and a good system in place. We'll have to see, but yeah. Okay, so the number two best team in the league is not the Golden State Warriors. No, 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 they're not. It is the uh, Timberwolves. <laughs> That's how high we are on the Timberwolves. That they're listed twice. In our, in our, in our this, this is just the test to see whether you actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, the Timberwolves are looking really good. You know, like I, I've seen a bit of Zach Levine this offseason. He's, he's been looking great. Everyone's high on Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Towns looks amazing. Like he's just like a really great player that can do quite a lot out there. You know, and um, yeah, Kevin Garnett is still there. Obviously, he hasn't <laughs> retired at all. He's, uh, he's still doing, a, do, doing things. He's turning back the clock. Even those dunks in the in the preseason were absolutely amazing. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we'll look at the Cavaliers. We'll look at their um. <laughs> we'll look at the transaction history from from August. I'm just looking at okay. what they've done in this off season because the one thing that I'm really unsure about with this team is have they actually improved in this off season? Have they improved or have they gone backwards? Because I think losing Matthew Dellavedova painful i yep. think I, th- I think that's painful yep signing jr smith questionable well i think it's good i think mm, potentially yeah because on the ha- on one hand signing jr smith is a good idea because jr smith seems to work in this team really well yeah and it's like well we've got a good thing going i know he's crazy he might turn at any time but he has a less chance of turning crazy against us and for us you know what i mean 
than if we get rid of him to another team. Because let's say he goes to an Eastern Conference team, right? And he goes crazy again. Yeah. And he keeps beating the Cavs. Then in retrospect, that's going to be a bad move, right? Yep. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. It's like we're buying insurance against J.R. Smith as well as buying buying into the idea of having a J.R. Smith on our team. Do you yeah. kind of get where I'm going with I, that? I get where you're going. I, I, I think, yeah. Uh, it's, the logic isn't terrible, but I think it's more just... <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I was just like, I think it's a little bit too convoluted Yeah. in terms of... I think it's probably just, you know, he he had a good season. Don't don't try to fix what's not really broken. I like um I like this, by the way. Um, October 3rd, 2016, Tony Douglas signs a contract and then uh, a fortnight later, he leaves. <laughs> You can tell that their management, their their front office isn't completely boneheaded if they make moves like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. So, I mean, they really... They haven't they, 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 they haven't done much. Um, Who have they acquired earlier, just after the season? Richard Jefferson got reacquired. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty funny. Well, he, he said he was going to retire, so, you know. Yeah. Corey Jefferson? Who's that? Who is Corey Jefferson? God by memory. God, it sounds like um Corey Jefferson sounds like one of those names that two K automatically generates. <laughs> okay, so he was with Brooklyn and then he was with Phoenix for like eight games. He is a power forward. Oh, I'm completely wrong there. And he also is not with the team anymore. I'm so sorry. This I I'm trying to remember who because okay, they lost Alabadova. Right. They lost I wanna look at the let's look at their roster now. Okay. So yeah, they they lost Mozgov and Dalavadova, right? And they acquired. Did they was did they acquire Chris Anderson? Yes, they, season? they acquired Birdman. I think I think they did. Let's just because I don't remember look. him being on the squad last year. Chris Anderson was not on the squad last year. He's yeah. new. Yeah. Have you seen young picture, like young Chris Anderson pictures? Without the tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Like, really, really strange. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a goddamn caveman now. He looks like a caveman if they discovered methamphetamine in motorcycles. Yeah, like that, that, that's that, pretty fair. Back in that time. Um, okay, players becoming free agents. So, okay. Mozgov's gone. Jefferson's gone. What the hell? What? What? No, I think that's when they became free agents and then they got re-signed. Right, right, right. I see, I see. Let's just look at the roster then. Okay, let's look down the roster. Let's do what we usually do. I'm trying to do new things all the time. Okay, so the core is still here. All right? So you've got Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love. I have a feeling this team, if it doesn't work out for the first 30 or 35 games, I think Kevin Love's gone. Really? Yeah. I just, I don't see the value in trading Kevin Love. No one is high on him right now. What if there is no value in keeping Kevin Love either? Then you cut losses, you cut your losses and you get out of there, right? I don't know. He's one of the reasons they won an NBA championship last year. Yeah. So I don't see why they, like, put it this way. Like, Kevin Love even is has taken, you know, very much the Chris Bosh route where he's very good, but he just doesn't show it all the time still because there's no point. Like, you know, there's no room for him to show up, but he's perfectly fine with how it is anyway. Mm. Mm. Like, it's like, okay, so we're like, I don't have to get all my statistics if I'm winning the game. 
The games that they're playing the most against uh, are players are teams like the Pacers, who I think they're much better than the Pistons. They might have a little bit. Kevin Love might have a bit of trouble with the Pistons, and the Bucks. I think Kevin Love was, is, is going to have a lot of trouble with the Bucks. So mm. I mean, like if you look at it from that perspective, if he doesn't do well, then why not get rid of him and maybe work on getting well, a okay, better, like question. a more serviceable center that can defend the room and stuff like that. Well, he. Well, here's the question, right? Mm-hmm. Who will they get that has a similar skill set that he does? Honest to God, I haven't really thought about it that much. I just thought, like, I mean, like, in terms of who to replace, I've just had the feeling that he would be first to go in terms of a high-value free agent to to trade. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's true. I just don't see this team making any drastic changes with their core, shall we say. Because it's like Tristan Thompson proved his value in the playoffs. Um, so did LeBron, you know, LeBron proved his value in the playoffs because, you know, this is LeBron's team. Kyrie proved his value. Um, honestly, the biggest question mark right now is how, like, Channing Fry is a very situational player now. Yeah. I I think he's... He becomes even more niche than he was last year. Well, I think he's going to be important during the regular season and the playoffs, the playoffs are very interesting because the playoffs showed last year that... Your regular lineups during the regular season don't matter. It's what's important is how you adapt to the team you're currently playing. And that's something that I think all these top teams are keeping in mind, which is just we need a roster that when we hit the playoffs, we have an answer to just about everything. And like that's why I don't think they want to move Love because Love ticks too many boxes of... This is what we need in our forward slash center. Like, right. Like, if he's being paired with Tristan Thompson, he doesn't like. They don't necessarily need a rim to, you know, protector out there. If they're going, if they're going up against the Warriors in the finals, you know, that might not be a thing they need to look at. If they're going up against the Spurs, it might be a bigger concern. But again, it's just it turns into a question of matchups. And there's just yeah, there's too many. Um, there's just too many questions. I th- like yeah. I think most of these top teams, the regular season is not something that matters to them anymore. I don't think the Warriors are going to try gun for more than seventy three and nine. I don't think it's Impossible, something they care yeah. about. Yeah. I I I really think it's just they're going to man- man- like manage minutes well, get to the playoffs, try get the first or second seed, and then just from there just demolish everything, demolish everyone with you know, just with what they have. And I think the same thing is true with the Cavs. They who, just they just need to hit the playoffs. Who in this roster do you want to see most improvement from over the next season? Then, um, I want to see improvement from Iman Shumpert because we haven't seen it for a long time. Right, I think that's been the most. He's probably been the most disappointing player on the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. Because he entered the league, Man, and he reminds me of Harrison Barnes, eh? Like a little bit, but I think Harrison Barnes has improved a lot more. Because Harrison Barnes had, I think, different expectations on him. Yeah, that's true. I, I think they expected much more of Harrison Barnes, and even though he didn't quite live up to those expectations, he definitely improved. Iman Shampo, you know, he entered the league, people people like, oh, you know, he's a really good rookie. You know, he just needs to develop his jump shot and his handle. And he improved his jump shot slightly, and he improved his handle slightly and then he didn't improve at all after kind of that. dropped off a cliff after that yeah. bouncing around a couple of teams like injuries haven't really helped i think no I think but this is this is kind of the first time in a while that he's going to have like a regular 
kind of a regular playoffs run in a, on a good team. So if there is time to improve, this is the time. This is the actual best time to do it. Yeah, because well, you're not going to bounce around in a team like New York early on in his career that had no chances of making playoffs and things like that, and expect to improve if you're going to be that kind of mid tier player, that you know three and D kind of guy. I, I think that it also helps that last, like since they won last year, there's no expectation of him to be like to take it to the next level, and well, in terms of like he just has to like be better, and I think. It's a lot more achievable for a player like him when there's not a lot of pressure to be better, shall we say? But yeah, true. I don't know. This this roster isn't young. All their best players, apart from and kind of Kyrie, Kyrie yeah. and apart from Kevin Love, are you know. I want to see Tristan Thompson take on a bigger role in the team. This it year. would be nice. That would be nice. I don't see it happening. I I think I think he's just such a specialized playoff player right now. I, I don't see the point in him having a fantastic season and just getting, you know, just being as dominant as possible during the season when he the, needs, the matchups are different. I think he kind of needs to though because this team requires it. Like looking at the roster and how it how it's placed. I Man. like looking at that. I think Fry and Chris Anderson will have a much bigger role during the regular season. Yeah. Like um, Mike Dunleavy, I think, will also have a bigger role during the regular season. I think we'll see more of Mo during the regular season. Oh, of course, they acquired Mike Dunleavy. That was, that was, yeah. That's a pretty good, pretty good acquisition. It's pretty good. But like th- these guys, their role during the regular season is to just, is like, you know, the stars come out, they play the game, and then these guys come out. They just, and they, finish, the they just need to finish the game off. Yeah. And they just need to make sure that, that every, like, their, their stars don't have to play too much. And then when it hits the playoffs, they take a, bigger, they take a back seat. But, you know, it's, it all turns into a situation of um, just what are the matchups with, like they're playing in the playoffs, and who, that decides who gets the most minutes for, the, for these fringe guys. Yeah. And, but during the season, they're important because, yeah, they need, they need to get those wins. And these are the guys who need to be able to hold down the fort, basically. All right. Good good going in Cleveland Cavaliers, Brian. Let's go on to the best team now. And it's, it should come as no surprise to you, but this is a team that has definitely improved over the offseason. And that's yep. the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what is there to say about this team, really? What are their priorities going to be? And I think the feeling that's kind of shared amongst people that look at the league now is that you shouldn't expect him to go for 73 wins. That's number one. You shouldn't expect him to maybe even go for 68 or 65 wins. They just need to find out exactly what each player does on their team, uh, on their starting lineup, and they need to roll with it for until, until the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, they just need to keep everyone healthy and then turn it up a notch and maybe they will make the finals that way. It kind of scares me that watching them play, I think they've already figured that out. I think they've figured out what all the players do. And yeah, that's something that's really concerning for the rest of the league. You got to like people have to realize that the people that they've got on the team, they're all the, the starting lineup is probably one of the highest basketball IQ starting lineups on in the league. Yep. Uh you've got like it's it's kind of fills in every single slot. It's like a very very liquid kind of team in terms of like the positions that they fill. Yeah. Are you particularly worried about their bench this season? This is a question because Andre Godala is getting a little slower, like one one or two steps slower. And then they lost a few key bench players last year in guys like Barbosa. And, uh, you know, guys like uh, even, um, 
Maurice Spates, for example. Can the combination of uh, Andre Godala and Sean Livingston keep that bench together? I I think the biggest loss is Barbosa. I don't think the Maurice Spates loss no, of is course. such a big one. I don't think it's as big as Barbosa. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like Barbosa, and I think his repl- um, um, most Spates' Mo Bucket's replacement of David West yeah. is a very big upgrade. Right. Because David, I, I think David West is just a much more sound player. In yes. General. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. He doesn't bring the same kind of random three-point shooting, but, you know, whatever at that point. Um, Anderson, that, that random three-point shooting was was like kind of like, hey, we're going to 73 wins and this is hilarious. It wouldn't be as interesting this year. wouldn't be as fun. I, I think he I think on this, he'll be very good on his new team. So 11.6 minutes, uh, Maurice Spates last year, and David West maybe played kind of the same amount for the Spurs, do you reckon? David West probably played closer to 20. You reckon? I reckon so. Wow. He, he had a solid year last yeah, year. Yeah, you're right, actually. He played 18 minutes. So, like, this is going to be really easy for him. Yeah. This is going to be really crazy. Like, it's going to be great. I, I think so. I think, I don't know why they kept Anderson Verichel. That is something that I have a lot of questions about. Yeah. Uh, I don't see him getting that many minutes. I really hope that JaVale McGee gets minutes because he gets the last roster spot, right? This is something we should maybe talk about because earlier on because JaVale, JaVale on this team might actually be really good. And I'm not, I'm not like falling into the trap of like he's got another chance because I think he has kind of run out of chances, but in a kind of like a tough man kind of position, maybe he takes over a few slots ahead of guys like Virgil. I, I agree with you. I think he has a chance to be very good this year. Um, he's always had just had the body and the talent to be good. Yeah. But his, his, it's always been a decision-making, awareness, all these things. To me, I think Steve Kerr is, from an outsider's perspective, obviously, I think Steve Kerr is probably one of the easiest coaches to play for in the league. And this is why. Okay, I think he has the playbook right he's got the advanced skills he knows the game you know he learned yeah. from the best yeah but he also for players like javel this is how javel mcgee excels on a basketball team javel do this javel do that javel don't do that don't do that you know what i mean you'd literally give him a list of two things he does and two things he doesn't do Right, and then just and when he does the things that he does, say good job, Javale. And when he does does the things that he shouldn't do, say Javale, don't do that. It's on the list of things. And I think Steve Kerr, even though he's like a really advanced coach who's very well respected now by people who like think that you know like coaching systems wise, I think Steve Kerr is also really good at just telling it straight. Yeah, that's how he gets the best out of players like this. And I think he couldn't be in a Javale McGee's very lucky he's in this position. And I think he'll do well just because of that. He just simplification. Maybe. That's all he needs. I I'm not so sure it'll be that easy. I think if it was that easy, I think he probably would have figured it out a little bit earlier. No, but the thing is he needs my point is, you know, he needs someone to help figure that out for him. His role is so small in the team now that it doesn't necessarily need to involve too much of his own thinking. And I'm not saying JaVale McGee's like stupid or anything. I'm just saying that I think he's stupid. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. I, I just I'm just saying that like you know, his responsibility level does not equate to the amount of skills that he has. Yeah, out there in the, I think like, that's like, true. Basketball skills. I, I think people underrate him in terms of what he's capable of, but I don't think people realize just how dumb he is. 
<laughs> Defensively, they might be better this year with the acquisition of the great Mike Brown as an assistant coach, which who I think is a great assistant in the NBA. I think defensively they'll be quite similar because they're already a fantastic defensive team last year. And I think Andrew Bogut, they will miss him a lot just because he is a very smart defender and he's also, shall we use the um, media word, sure. scrappy. Oh, he's scrappy, yeah. Yeah, he, oh, he, yes. he's very scrappy, shall we use that word? <laughs> yes, he's scrappy, he's scrappy as fuck. We're, we're not going to mention the, um, you know, the D word. No. <laughs> what, wait, what? Just say it. I was going to say dirty. Oh, no. No, no, no. no we're no, not no. going to use that word? I mean, no, I don't think he is that dirty. He's as dirty, <laughs> he's as, dirty as the dirtiest guy on every single team. Remember when I said this last season? Remember when I said this last year about Draymond Green? Yeah. Just being more scrutinized because, you know, they're at kind of sitting at the top. You know, Andrew Boga can do all the things that he does this year, right? Well, he does all the things he did last year, this year on on the Mavs, and he will not get as much attention. There's I, just I no way. I think that's true. I don't think he'll get as much attention in the general public. But the thing you have to remember is he's been playing like that for a while, true. and everyone who's paid attention to the NBA knows. Oh, that. Andrew Andrew Bogut's a dirty player. Yeah, 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 a little bit. You know, just just a little bit, a little bit of the um old elbow, um hold player arms. You know, true. stuff like that. Just true. Gotta 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 keep a hold of your place in the NBA. <laughs> But um, you got to have a guy like that on the team, though. Well, yeah. Well, Zaza is basically that guy, as just you're less, as you're saying, less vertical. Yeah. Right, right. He's, he's not so good at the verticality shot blocking thing, but he's he's still got you know he's he's still got that scrappy scrappiness. Show it, yeah. We'll, they, we'll keep using that. They lose out a little bit, I think, on something on Andrew Bogut's passing ability. That they do. Um, Zaza's not bad. He, like he he's actually quite a you know decently well rounded center. Yeah, I, but, I agree. But he doesn't. He does. We they do lose quite a bit in terms of. I think Andrew Bogut is a very fantastic, you know, front court passer. Yeah, and it is something that they're going to miss on, miss out on. Um, I think, I think Zaza will be fine. I think Anderson Verishal actually is okay in that role. Javale does is not okay in that the, role. The playbook changes though, doesn't it? Like, yeah. it it. It doesn't matter because, I mean, we haven't mentioned this really that much in this episode, but Kevin Durant's on this fucking team now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the most important aspect of this entire team, right? Is that the fact that this team is now cornerstoned by the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant kind of like like wet dream, like basketball wet dream. Well, it's like... That's a really weird thing to say. The, realize, the, the, but, you know, the, 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 the important thing we have to remember is regular season success doesn't... Re- really matter because everyone cares about the playoffs way more yeah and this team will trot out a lineup in the playoffs that will basically be something you know it'll be Steph Curry Andre Godala Draymond Green and um Kevin Durant and then you plug in Sean Livingston yeah sorry yeah, you plug in Sean Livingston or Andre Godala and just what, or maybe a big at some point. And you just, you have this situation where it's like, last year, your, you know, your fourth best player was on the, on the floor was Harrison Barnes. This year, your fourth best player on the floor is now Clay Thompson. Yeah. And that is just, when everyone gets easy open shots, you just go like, what do you do? That's a good point. 
like it's it's just like a situation where we we we've watched them play in the you know the preseason like oh you know they lost a few games short but on the other hand you see when this team is just like oh god you know Kevin Durant is just hit it like gets to shoot open threes Steph Curry gets to shoot open threes Clay Thompson gets to shoot open threes everyone gets to shoot open threes you think that like the only concern that they have is this like wonderful chemistry that they seem to be projecting to the rest of the league right now kind of diminishes over the season but like as many people say like that won't happen if you're winning yeah like it literally just will not happen because everyone feels good because they're winning yeah like unless there's something very wrong very few winning teams will suddenly you know collapse like yeah yeah, unless literally someone stole someone else's side check right that's not like that's not gonna happen but in this situation I think this like the players on this team know what they're here for. They're here to win basketball, and I don't think if they lose, they're gonna it's gonna be a team which is oh no, it's this guy's fault, it's that guy's fault. Even though they're like, even though people feel like Kevin Durant is a kind of guy that who says that now because you know these are what storylines have to exist because he <laughs> left his team. Um, so contrived, yeah. But. I don't like. I think he understands that. You know, I think he understands that this. If we want to win, this is going to be the best way. And I think the coaching staff is on. On also understands that. Basically, this team is full of very intelligent players that don't give a shit about necessarily what the day to day basketball is. They remember what the end goal is, which is to get that ring, win that championship. Right. And that that's the much more important part. And they know, you know, what 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 each each of them do does and what each of them are good at so that's all they're just going to focus on yeah love it that's a, i think that's a good place to end today yeah well there's nothing else more you can say about these teams we'll be in the regular season thank you for joining us by the way this off season for people that have stuck on i just remembered to have to say <laughs> thank you for joining us we'll be back with regular nba broadcast next week i can't believe it's actually happening it's been a long long time it's gonna it's gonna be good to have you know get back onto this be excited about teams. talk about games yeah, actually talk about actual games right instead of just rumors and like kind of speculation but i hope you enjoyed this uh nba countdown of teams we certainly uh loved making it um we adored it. <laughs> it's going to be the you know that the format's going to be different again next year. Please let us know like what you kind of want to see happen in this these, these kind of roundups next year. Um, next week, uh, we'll be talking about some advanced stats, courtesy of our uh, of uh, ESPN's five thirty eight. We've been looking a little bit at that uh, Elo rating they've got, a calm Elo oh, yeah. rating that they've got. I'm and really looking forward to you breaking that down, actually. Yeah, and we'll also. Uh, Go on and start putting things into our uh, fabled story storyline tracker, and hopefully start getting some embarrassment out of that as well. Oh God! So okay. yeah, thanks for joining us again. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. See you later. Bye.